0: Hello and welcome to the Hudson Mohawk Magazine, broadcasting from the Sanctuary for Independent Media in Troy, New York, on the unceded homelands of the Mohican people who are known today as the Stockbridge-Munsee community. I'm Sina Bazila-Hickey.
1: And I'm Jacob Boston. Today on the Hudson Mohawk Magazine, we'll begin with Mark Dunning's report on Food and Water Watch's 2023 climate agenda. Then, Willie Terry shares his report from the community Christmas dinner at the Church of Christ on december twenty fifth. After that, Hannah Rowe talks about sensual movement and healing. Finally, we go into the archives to pull out an episode from Cat Jones home Cat Jones Homelessness series. But first, here are the headlines.
0: Albany Medical Center and the Center for Disability Services are receiving federal funds to create an integrated health system that is being billed as the first of its kind in the nation. The Integrated Health Services at the Center for Disability Services is intended to have a one-stop treatment service for those who receive services there.
1: The Times Union reports that the Amazon Labor Union, which in October tried to help organize to help organize workers in the capital region has retained a workers' compensation law firm to help injured workers at the company's state at the company's Staten Island warehouse however it is unclear whether capital district labor organizers will participate with the firm
0: the daily gazette reports that the capital region's BOCES has filed a legal proceeding against the state education commissioner betty rosa after she reinstated a teacher fired last year for what the district said was using her platform to spread COVID nineteen misinformation,
1: the Times reports that the Capital District Transportation Authority kicked off the first phase, kicked off the first phase of its new car sharing service in Albany County on Friday, rolling out its fleet of all electric cars that users could rent by the hour on the day. Community community members will have the ability to book a zero-emission Chevrolet boat for $5 an hour or $40 a day, plus a one-time $20 application fee. The first 150 miles are included in the booking costs, and any trip over that limit will cost $0.35 cents per mile. That's it for the headlines.
0: For those of you just tuning in, you're listening to the Hudson Mohawk Magazine, listener-supported radio that builds community in Troy and the surrounding capital region through broad grassroots participation.
1: Our content is produced by volunteers. To learn how you can contribute, go to mediasanctuary.org, email us at hmm@mediasanctuary.org, or call 518-272-2390.
0: So first up, Eric Weltman, senior organizer for Food and Water Watch in New York, discusses their 2023 climate agenda in New York and nationally. Key issues include banning gas in new buildings, promoting public, uh, publicly owned renewable energy, and getting the president to declare a climate emergency. Mark Dunley reports.
2: We're joined by uh, Eric Weltman, a senior organizer for uh, Food and Water Watch, one of the states and nations' lead in groups working on climate. Um, so, Eric, just maybe just give us a very brief introduction about Food and Water Watch. But what are some of the goals that started at the state level for Food and Water Watch in uh,
3: 2023? Sure. So first of all, Mark, thanks for having us on. Um, so Food and Water Watch is a national organization based in DC, but with you know offices across the country. I'm, I'm based in, in our Brooklyn office. Um, we're primarily known, I think, here in New York, at least, for helping lead the fight to ban fracking. Uh, and since that time, we've um, invested a lot of energy and effort into continuing that fight to, to move New York off fossil fuels, including by stopping uh, what we call, you know, fracking or fossil fuel infrastructure, you know, pipelines and power plants that transport and, and, and burn frac gas, obviously, fracked elsewhere. Thankfully, not here in New York, but. We've been successful in working with a you know, whole number of allies on stopping, for example, the the Dan scammer frac gas power plant in the Hudson Valley, a number of, of you know, other peaker plants here in the city, and a, a range of, of pipelines and so forth. And and Food and Water Watch is you know, committed to continuing that fight to stop uh, you know anything that might you know boost our reliance uh, on fossil fuels. But we've also shifted a lot of our focus to uh, to buildings. And so, Food and Water Watch was successful in working with uh, New York Communities for Change and We Act for Environmental Justice and, and, and NYPERG, in justice and enacting a ban on on frack gas uh, here in new buildings, uh, in new buildings in, in New York City where I, where I live and work. And, and in fact, the the final uh, bill that Bill De Blasio signed into law in, in, in 2021 was this gas free New York. Uh, bill. In fact, I, I got one of the pens that he used to to sign the bill. Um, so that was a successful initiative. And now we're part of a, you know a broad coalition that's you know trying to take this successful policy here in the city and and make it statewide, you know, and again, you know, ban frack gas in new buildings and, and other fossil fuels in new buildings on on the state level. So that's a, a major priority for Freedom Water Watch.
2: Now the state climate action council, you know, finally put their stamp of approval on their uh scope and plan after three years after the you know CLCPA climate law was enacted. One of the big um disappointments among some groups was that the idea of of doing this ban on new uh, gas and buildings uh, was uh, pushed back to a, a, a year, but you still have to convince the state legislature and the governor to actually uh, do that. And of course, the argument is, well, maybe it works in New York City, got a lot of asphalt down there, but upstate New York, man, it's so cold. The idea we're going to use, you know, air heat pumps or you know, geothermal, that just doesn't fly in the colder climates.
3: Well, we would we would push back on that notion, uh, you know, Food and Water Watch and our allies. And that's one of the reasons why we're heading up to Albany on, on January 24th with our allies and Renewable Heat Now and, and other coalition partners. We're going to have a, a, a big rally and, and lobby day, you know, featuring, among other things, you know, experts, people who, for example, one of our volunteers, John Pope, who's from Syracuse, um, and makes a living in installing, you know, heat pumps and, uh, and electric stoves. And so we have a lot of, you know, on the ground experience uh, and real lives experience saying that these technologies do work. They're, they're practical. They're affordable. They're reliable. Uh, we just need the, the political will, you know, from Governor Hochul and Assembly Speaker Hasty and the Senate Majority Leader Stuart Cousins to you know put this put this into practice. So you know again the technology is is reliable, it's affordable, it's feasible, it's practical, it's available, it's it's off the shelf. Um, and we just need you know again the political will from Governor Hochul and the legislature to enact what's you know the All Electric uh, Building Act. Is what, is what it's called.
2: Now, now what are some of the other issues that um you know, Food and Water Watch are talking about. I think at, at various points you guys have been pretty supportive of the concept of a public power, or a Green New Deal. I assume Obviously. you're probably interested in raising some money to actually implement, you know, the climate transition. Oh. What What are some of the other key platform issues? That, that
3: would day? be, yes, a little money would, uh, a little green for the green. Um, yeah, so Food and Water Watch is an active member of a number of coalitions, including the public Power New York coalition with, with DSA and, and, and WE Act and a whole Saint Energy Project, and a whole bunch of other amazing organizations. And, and one of our priorities is the, the, the Build Public Renewables Act. Uh, folks may remember uh, FDR, former president and former governor, of New York. Back in the day, he was uh, instrumental in establishing the New York Power Authority, which, among other things, maintains a number of upstate uh, uh, hydroelectric plants and so has a a lengthy track record, not not quite 100 years, but darn close to it, uh, providing um, reliable and affordable green energy. And so Food and Water Watch and our allies in the Public Power Coalition want to unleash the capacity, the expertise, the resources of the New York Power Authority to uh, really ramp up our production of renewable public power uh, here in New York. So again, you know, Food and Water Watch, along with our allies in the Public Power New York Coalition, are pushing for the Build Public Renewables Act. And Mark, that is absolutely, um, you know, uh, part of our, 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 amongst our, our top priorities the other thing i would note uh if we have a moment is you know we did s- score a tremendous success uh lat- late last year um just a couple of days before thanksgiving uh governor Hochul, uh signed into law a bill establishing a moratorium on fossil fuel-powered cryptocurrency mining uh we worked with a lot of allies on the ground folks um the Finger Lakes, uh, Seneca Lake Guardian, uh, for example, who are contending with uh, an existing plant, Uh, some activists near Buffalo, uh, likewise, uh, North Tonawanda contending with the existing plant. We had some tremendous leadership from our our dear friend, Liz Moran with Earth Justice, Um, and of course, Assembly Member Anna Kellis, who's just been a tremendous, tremendous uh, advocate um, so we passed the bill, and, and again, Governor Hochul signed it into law. So it establishes a moratorium on new such projects. And significantly, it requires the Department of Environmental Conservation to do an environmental impact study. And they have um, under a year, I think they have until roughly November, to complete this study. And so, you know, Food and Water Watch and our allies are going to be calling upon Governor Hochul and the DEC to follow the science.
2: Okay, well, we only have two minutes uh, left. Let's quickly shift a little bit to the the federal level. Obviously, um, Congress (laughs) is gridlock, not even sure yet how the Republicans in the House will be able to to, to function. What are some of the Food and Water Watch's hopes in the coming year or focuses at the national level in 90 seconds?
3: Uh, 90 seconds, we were tremendously successful in stopping Senator Manchin's dirty pipeline deal. In fact, I I lost count. I think we stopped it maybe three or four times. We're gonna continue to fight to do so. Um, We, Food & Water Watch is part of a national day of action on Friday, January 20th, uh, calling on the Biden administration to declare a climate emergency. So we're collaborating here in the city with um, 350 Brooklyn on an action at City Hall and there'll be actions across the country on january 20th uh mark as you well noted congress is a mess um our electoral arm, food and water action is going to be working hard to recapture the house and i think we'll if nothing else capture <laughs> recapture a couple of uh, house seats on long island that the democrats lost including to uh, uh that, that nut um George I'm sure Santos. We'll that yeah i'm sure we'll get that seat back so i think you know, it remains to be seen what our legislative agenda, if any, will be on the congressional level. But I think we're going to be calling on, on, on President Biden to show more, more climate leadership.
2: And of course, I know, you know, groups, climatepresident.org, you know, want the um, the, the president to take executive action, especially yeah. with, with Congress. So gridlock. Um, Eric Weltman, senior organizer, of Food and Water Watch uh, website, how people get more
3: information? Foodandwaterwatch.org. Very simple.
2: Thank you very much. And this has been Mark Dunley for the Hudson Mohawk Magazine.
1: That was Mark Dunley bringing us Food and Water Watch's 2023 Climate Agenda in New York and nationally. Find more climate coverage on our website, mediasanctuary.org.
0: And there were so many exciting holiday events over the week break. And roaming labor correspondent Willie Terry was on the scene covering all the happenings. So on December 25th, Willie was at the community Christmas dinner.
4: This is Willie Terry, a roaming labor correspondent. And I'm here at 35 uh, State Street in Troy uh, at the Church of Christ where they are having a uh, Christmas dinner for the community. And led by Billy Carter. Uh, Troy Minister Alliance.
5: Billy, how you doing? I'm very well. Um, I'm feeling very well. Uh, I'm pleased. Um, uh, the whole deal is to please God. So, um, I think he's pleased today. Yeah, we did a, a great job. If I say so myself. we <laughs> uh, have a, a powerful team. And uh, they're just as dedicated as I am. And... Uh, we love Troy. I, I have a saying. Those poor girls downstairs love Troy just as much as the mayor does. And mm-hmm. ought to be treated the same.
6: we are going to be
4: going to it through another year. Amen. Another year. 23. It's <laughs> you know, hard last few years, been very hard. Mm-hmm. But you continue this tradition.
5: Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. We, we, uh, we always look to serve where there's the need. And so when, you know, when the pandemic came, we knew that folks uh, needed food. Uh, people, people were home, the kids were home, everybody's home. Everybody in the refrigerator. So, uh, so um, we set out to uh, deliver food to, uh, the, to people's houses and we we really uh, stepped it to the plate. We thank God that uh, we were able to, well, not only that, but we had vac- vaccination clinics, mm-hmm. um, Big food drives, uh, distributions, and, and um, clothing drives. So, uh, but we can't do it by ourselves. I'm not. A, this is a a community effort. The Kingdom Ministries, the started. You know, this is the first. We knew It's hard for churches to get funding, so we hit the, we hit the ground. Contacting businesses like Bell
4: Yeah, I want you to tell me some about the, your party no, no, no. no.
5: So we we uh we hit we start hitting hitting the businesses mm-hmm. and uh, and other churches mm-hmm. and social agencies to 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 put on events like this. Mm-hmm. And uh, we have we do, we do several several events a year where we try to bring um, the agencies out to the community instead so of mm-hmm. the community have to go to the agencies to bring them out uh, at, our, at our family fun day where uh, it's, it's a little less intimidating uh, and folks the, the agencies and the businesses can meet the community and, and uh, uh, it's, just a, it's just a good match so uh, these events um, we fund, we get funded by great folk like Dominic, 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 Mr. Lee at Night Owl News uh, Groff Networks Minari Properties and um, the Detroit fire, fire Department is, out, is outstanding. Um, they, I really find out where people really care. Mm-hmm. Uh, when, they, when they come out to, 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 to put an effort for folks today, those folks, probably 98, 98% of them were homeless or previously homeless. Mm-hmm. And so we'd like to have the space uh, on the holidays where they can come, and be together. Sit down and eat and eat and eat and eat. Mm-hmm. And
4: eat. <laughs> yeah. So, Billy, Tell, tell. You know, I, I know I uh, did an interview with you about maybe about three or four years ago. Mm-hmm. Like I said, you're still going. Mm-hmm. You know, but kind of tell people how
5: did how did you get started? Mm-hmm. Um. So, men men, men, men at, uh, at Bethel Baptist Church. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got involved with with the men's group called the Laymen. Mm-hmm. And the, those guys really, really served. I, I mean, they, they, I, I, would never seen anything like it. They, well, the, the whole mindset was, we want to serve God, uh, no matter what it takes. And so that spirit got a hold of me. And um, I asked the pastor at the pre, at the time, uh, could we get involved with boys? We started with just helping the, helping the young black kids. Um, then they had, they, they, there was nothing for them to do, so we had the basketball uh, night every Friday, and that uh, school one, and uh, the, we had like seventy kids, and then we bring them back to the church, let them eat after they played basketball, bring them back to the church, let them eat we we started mentoring them and finding out what they needed and then, as we were driving them home at night, we wouldn't let them walk home as we, we drove them home. Uh, the mothers were glad that their their sons were with other men. They cared, and, uh, and uh, it felt good for for the for the, the boys. The girls, the church ran in their neighborhood, and uh, the kids would say, "Where you come from?" "I'm coming from church." <laughs> and uh, it was it, was, it uh, and Then we found out what their families needed, and so we started trying to fill the need. And so in our, com- in our community, the trouble starts. When businesses are closed, um, uh, when when the other agencies are closed, they close at four o'clock, but that's when the kids get out of school. <laughs> so, so um, you know, and that's when people find out that they need this, they need that, they need this, they need that, and um, the mothers trust. They trusted us that with their kids, and um, again, that's, that, that helpful spirit just got a hold of me, and I just been looking, where can I serve? How can I help my community? As you know, Willie, really, we, we, uh, we, we, me and you helped start, restart the NAACP. I'm ask you that question. Yeah, we, we, uh, uh, we filled the need, right? Uh, that, that, there was need for the NAACP to be revitalized. And uh, we, me and you, we stepped up to the plate. And uh, uh, as a matter of fact, we, we used this building again. We met, did we meet here? Yeah, we met, we met right here for a year and we um, get the ball rolling. So it's, it's just very good, uh, really. But
4: not only did you uh, help start NAACP, but I want to say that you're also still a member and still an active officer.
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, still vice president, some kind of vice president. But uh, I, uh, I'm very grateful. You know, all my life I've, I, wanted, I wanted to be part of the NAACP, do something with them. I had no idea of the role I was going to take on but I'm glad that Ann uh, Pope took me uh, to help, to help uh, restart the the And uh, what do the future hold for next year? Um, I don't know. <laughs> um, but I know it's going to be something good. I, I can feel something great coming along. Um, not exactly sure what it is. I, 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 there's a, there's a, a grant for, to, for minority minority from minority fatherhood, as you know, in our in our communities, uh, we got a lot of single parent households, and so the grant will help teach uh, uh, young 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 gentlemen. I I had uh, got lost and didn't know which way to go, right. so it's good that, that there's a program that can help these young guys. That don't don 't know how to be a father or, or they didn't have a father, so i'm hoping to get that grant i'm hoping to start that program if i if i do start right here i'm working with um, congressman Tonko to, to fulfill that um My ministry is very small That's a, it's a it's a it's a continual five million dollar grant every year so uh i i plan to, i have to be i have to be tutored in Philadelphia. so That's, that's part of what the future looks like. Uh, and, uh, also, just collaborating with other guys like Mac, Kevin Pryor, and Jerry Ford, and gentlemen like you. That we really care. We really, really care. And um, uh, we just, uh, we have to trust God. I, I have to trust God. I really don't know what to do. <laughs> All I know is to follow God.
4: Well, that's, that's good. You know, you told us what's going on and what, what you have you to do. Uh, what what activities you have for the people. Um. So I want to say that we did get a, a few people into the politics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so that's those go some people you're gonna be talking to. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right, right. Right,
5: right, 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 right. right. Now, That that's that's a great thing. When we uh. That that energy, that we st- that we that we that came through us, hit those younger guys, Steve and, and, and Kevin and, and, and Jerry. And uh, that's what I'm saying about that mentoring, for the kids, it's good when they see another brother. And I'm not trying to be like a or anything, but in our community, it's good for another guy to see someone like them doing, doing something, doing something
4: important.
5: And uh, when we stepped up to the plate, you gave them energy also. Mm-hmm.
4: All right, Billy, I want to thank you.
5: Thank you for right. this. I love you so much. Right. I just thank you, thank you for your, for your, your, your you you are a true soldier. <laughs> and we thank God for you.
4: And that's Billy Carter from Kingston Ministry.
1: That was great. So we're gonna take a short break, and then we're gonna come back with more from this community Christmas dinner.
0: For those of you just tuning in, I'm Sina Bazila-Hickey.
1: And I'm Jacob Boston. You're listening to the Hudson Mohawk Magazine on the Hudson Mohawk Radio Network on WOOCLP 105.3 FM Troy, WOOGLP 92.7 FM Troy, WOOSLP 98.9 FM Schenectady and WOALP 106.9 FM Albany. Also, streaming online at mediasanctuary.org. This program comes from the Sanctuary for Independent Media in Troy, New York.
0: We're back and we're going to share more of Willie Terry's coverage from the December 25th Community Christmas Dinner at the Church of Christ in Troy.
4: This is Willie Terry, a Roman labor correspondent, and I'm here at 35 State Street in Troy at the Church of Christ where they're having a Christmas dinner for the community, led by the organizer. Billy Carter. I have as my guest. Uh, Dominic Benella? Uh, Dominic Benella. And Dominic, what are you? You uh, own uh, one of the
7: businesses, right? Yes, our family owns uh, Bellinopoli Bakery. Oh,
4: okay. Hey, that baker been here a long time.
7: Yes, oh. uh, actually 65 years right. in, in, in Troy. Right.
4: Tell me, how did you get involved in the Christmas dinner this year?
7: Well, I've known Billy for probably the last 14, 15 years and. He would call me up and he tells me what's going on in the community, and then of course I would always uh, help Billy out. Is, is this the first time
5: you uh,
7: did the dinner, or? No, no. We've been doing this for you. How many years, Billy? Billy, how many years I've been doing this? Year so, since you started it, right? Yeah, Eleven years. Eleven years, yeah.
4: Right. So you donate some of the pastries?
7: Or? Yeah, I'll donate. I'll donate some of the pastries. You know, the cookies and the rolls. You know, for the dinner and for the you know for the guests. So that way they they enjoy it okay.
4: and then what are your thoughts on this, this uh, doing this what is,
7: how do you... i think you guys are doing a great job mm-hmm. right the food is delicious mm-hmm. they're doing an excellent job and uh and it's a and it's a good thing for the community right
4: and, and it's done around christmas
7: time right? of course especially around christmas time christmas time and uh, i believe thanksgiving do you do a thanksgiving too bill yeah and thanksgiving well, is, easter yeah, so. easter oh easter. so wait, wait. All, the, all the major holidays oh, okay so, yeah
4: well Hey, So, where your business located, I guess?
7: Right on River Street. W- what's address? Just idea? north, 721.
4: 721. So that people would know that you are contributing <laughs> to the community. They all mm-hmm. all so,
7: right. Yeah, thank you. you thank you. you. All, right, all right. Bye-bye.
4: And I have as my guest, uh, Mac, from Detroit Little League. And, uh, Mac, how you doing?
6: I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Uh, I thank God for another day that I'm able to still do what we do.
4: Mm-hmm. And, Mac, uh so how did you get
6: involved in this uh, Christmas dinner? Um, this started a while ago. Billy came to us and asked us if we want to join in them, join with him. At that time, we was doing Toys for tots, and we were doing toys down. And also, we had a band mm-hmm. from, from the church, and we would come surrender music mm-hmm. at that time too as well. So we've been. Constantly partners with Billy for many years.
4: And you think this is a something that's very important to the
6: community? Oh yes, most definitely. Everything that's uh, being done that's on the positive note mm-hmm. in the community, it's always something good. Because it's not about who we are, it's about what's being given. Mm-hmm. So when you look at when you look at these events, you look at the giving part. Don't look at the person who's given it. Look at what they are given. So what I'm saying to you, when this is going on, it's coming from the heart. It's not something that for fashion or show or anything else because it's a we and it's not a I. When it becomes a we, it becomes a unity. So when you got unity, you put that first word in there, come, so, so it becomes community event. Okay, so this is what we do. We do this to so that everybody in the city knows that there are organizations out here that do genuinely care for the people.
4: So Mac, uh, so you're with the Choice Little League. Is there anything you want to tell the community about what's going to be happening?
6: Oh, we got big surprises coming up this season for the Choice Central area. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Choice Central Little League is getting ready to get a, a a different little look, and uh, for the last few years. We've been playing good baseball. The kids have been enjoying themselves. And we're just missing that one element. We're missing one good pitcher one good catcher to take it over the hump. Because we've been, we've been in the playoffs every year. We've been right there. We've been knocking on the door. But we just seem like we're just tired out. And we use all our arms up when we're sitting. But we have no choice because this is all we have for, for our kids who, who, who does play the game. 'Cause there's not many too there's not too many kids in the city of Troy that plays baseball anymore. You know, I mean, everybody's going the route of basketball and football. You know, even through high school, you know, high school numbers of baseball is down. They seem to they seem to know that doing football, and football, basketball, is a quicker way to get to the pros. Baseball, it takes your time to get there. You have to work for that. It's a it's an effort you got to put in. You got to put your time in baseball. You know you got to buy your own glove. You got to buy your own your own cleats. And you got to buy your own uh, your own uh, like I said, glove. Your own bat. So, so those uh, elements in that is it's, it's kind of hard, especially on the uh, on the black community. Keeping it real, it's hard, very hard on the black community. That's why Choice Central don't charge in the in our community because we know that. There's, there's more to the struggle than just not having the finance. We have, we, have, we have families with mental health. We have families who are deeply in depression. We have families who wants, who wants to be involved, but they're scared to be involved. We have so much going on in the, in the community that we have to go and be a light in the community. That's why I said the word we is very important because there's no I in that we, because I cannot do it by themselves. I never could do anything by themselves. But some think that I can do it by themselves. No, it's a we, and you got to have the unity and the strength in the community to make everything grow in a positive way. If we don't make that happen, it's not going to happen. So, you know, all sports in 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 the city of Troy come together.
4: And Good all these institutions uh, are very important, especially institutional, but uh, keeping our kids off the street, you know, getting them into something positive, and also, you know, having a generous, friendly community for people who are just, you know, alone and whatever.
6: Yes, if you if you look in the city of Troy, really look really deep inside the city of Troy right now and you ride around here in the summertime, you will see little small makeshift tents. You go down underneath the bridge, they got little small make tents. You know, so, so you know you have a situation of homeless problems in the city. that's not being addressed in the right way. And, but when it get cold, they want to address things because they don't want to have that on their hands. You know, somebody froze to death on their watch. But there's another way of doing that. You tear down all these abandoned buildings. You know, you got Unity House building buildings. You got Trip building up new apartments. You got uh, you got Unity House. They just built a a, a better shelter down on 102nd and uh, Second Avenue, right there. The old Whitney Young building, which is a beautiful building. They did a marvelous job. But what about some of these buildings for the addiction? What about that? What about some of these uh, some of these buildings making it into a safe haven for for these children? who are definitely at high risk. What about, what about that? You know, instead of locking them up, you place them in a building down there and make them work that building and make, let them learn the tool in that building because even though you got the youth bill, the youth bill is a volunteer, a volunteer program. You got to make this other building a non-volunteer program. This is a mandate program. And you get these kids off the street that way and you get them in there to get their education. And on top of that, you, you get them to learn how to communicate. And on top of that, you get them to know that they're, that they're, uh, that everything they do got some consequence to it. And the most important thing, you saving a life.
4: All right. Words for wisdom from yes. Matt and food for thought.
6: That's right. Matt from Detroit. Little League. Thank you. Troy Central Little League. Troy Central Little League. Troy Central Little League. All right, we look forward to y'all. But it is a Troy Little League. It's just not a Troy Central Little League. It's a Troy Little League. You know, because everybody's welcome in Troy to play at Troy Central Little League. Right. So it's not just, it's just located in the north central area, but it's Troy Central Little League. This is Troy Little League. I need to let people know that. All
8: right. This you is did, you a did. Troy
6: Little League. <laughs> right, this is just back. not a Little League. All right, it's you on back. the growth.
1: I want to thank Willie Terry for his dedication to the sanctuary and you know, always giving us good content. Also, love to see my guy, Uncle Mac, on the radio. Anytime I get to see him, it's a good time.
0: And next up, it's that time of year where we're all thinking, oh, resolutions, new year. What can I do to have the new me? So I spoke with Ari.
9: Hello, my name is Hannah, or Ari, and I'm super excited to be here for a tip chat today. (laughs)
0: Thank you so much for joining us on Hudson Mohawk Magazine. Your work is in sensual movement. In addition to that, you do spiritual chats, which are peer support groups. What does that mean? Can you tell us more about the work that you do?
9: Oh, my goodness, for sure. Well, I am actually, I guess, under the big umbrella of, like, a spiritual health and wellness coach. And then I'm a pleasure activist, you know, because that's fun. But I Really, labels are so, like, eh. I think that's the most important thing to take from it is that holding sacred space is like super vital and super fun. Um, And also like, it's not just something that I get to do. It's more so like being the guide, you know, I think it's super beautiful when we get together and we have the ability to just be right. And, the, the, the most fun part of being the guide in that, that space is watching people transform just by being.
0: So is that like working with others to become their more authentic selves?
9: Almost definitely. I, I think that's like the best way to say that I, I had to like, cause it, it makes me, every time I try to explain my work, it always makes me reflect on my journey because like you said, these are practices that I've taken in and, things that I've done to really help heal myself. Um, I'm a super neurodivergent homie. I have bipolar disorder, borderline personality, PTSD. They've been marked me at ADHD, ADD, you know, the list goes. <laughs> but the, the beautiful thing, right, and I love being a super neurodivergent healer because we don't always see people being super open about that, which I think is really fun. But I think the most fun part about being a super neurodivergent here is is that I get to see people that don't always get to be, feel seen as well, uh, if that makes sense. So like, I know in my journey, especially with my mental health and really getting in a space that makes me feel safe, good, kind to myself. And honestly, aligning my thoughts with things in a reality that I want for myself instead of continuously it's a whole thing it's a whole thing and especially when your brain is naturally fighting you and chemically like hey sweetheart that's not what you naturally got you know it takes a a a good amount of work and so i think that having support and that when we support each other in that and just by being in the space right just by coming and enjoying the space maybe giving to the space right and maybe just receiving from the space, but both are so important. And I think that even hits on like that divine masculine, divine feminine energy, which has nothing to do with gender, which is super yummy because I mean, what is gender? But (laughs) I think that one of the most dopest things about, I guess, like what I get to do is really just facilitate a safe space for people to become their most authentic selves. However they feel, however they move is, you know, allowed and like in in terms of as long as it's safe for everybody. You know, we want to make sure that we respect the space and it is sacred, right? I think also though, when we allow for people to come in a space and bring what they bring, and they get to explore that with a sense of safety that maybe that you know they wouldn't be able to do by themselves. I, I know for me, I had a very hard time doing it, and so it feels really fun and natural to be able to bring peer support chats which is where I like will sit with my ancestors and I will do a reading um, about what's going on in the collective what collective questions do we need to hear because there's not just an individual consciousness right there's a collective consciousness both vital and both are very much interconnected most like everything in life
0: so you mentioned that some of this healing, you are passing on to others what what worked for you and that it also was a little bit difficult to to learn it um i can speak from personal experience it's not always easy to connect with with healing spaces or or to to change your brain waves to um understand the powers of of certain healing systems. So could you talk about your background and your evolution into working um, in sensual movement and spiritual peer support?
9: Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, and my brain finally remembered Super neurodivergent. My brain finally remembered the point that I was at before I was like explaining what I did in peer support chats, but then like, didn't finish that. But that's okay. We are back here. I was like, like, that's where I was. Okay, we're back now. That's great. (laughs) (laughs) So thank you so much for sharing about your journey as well. I think that's really beautiful. And that's exactly what it is. You know, when we talk about spirituality, I think that we kind of move in with maybe a certain picture in our minds or whatever. Right. And so what happens is we start to really disconnect furthermore from maybe our higher selves, maybe from our ancestry, maybe from, um, oh my, just like, you know, any type of, like you, uh, are in that way, right? Because all paths based in love and light, at least in my belief, you know, are going to lead us it home. Um, it's like, it's allowing yourself to connect your spirit, your mind, and your body. When one is missing, there can never be a, like a, a balance. So what I love to practice is the combination of both, right? The holistic practice of bringing all of those components into the space and doing it free of judgment, right? That, that mindfulness component also attached to it. And that's easier said than done, especially if your brain is constantly thinking I have severe anxiety as well. So I understand. And like, also just on like ADHD, like I guess formal this, this, I don't know if this is TMI, but I like to be, like, I'm just very open. Um, but just, I'm on only, like, one form of medication for my ADHD, my ADD disorder, right? So it's like all the other things that are happening in my life can sometimes come in, right? And it's about allowing that to come. And not attaching um a feeling and emotion because when we attach that feeling and emotion that's based in that negative energy or whatever that judgment that could lead to that inner critic that's mean and bullish, then it causes us to leave that that um that 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 spiritual component of like in touch with our higher selves in touch with our higher our, our higher level of being where we're able to you know be in the now. and and maybe even kind of disconnect from this body because not to get too whimsical, but like this body is just a vehicle for our consciousness, really. Right. Just like any living thing. And just like any living thing. I mean, yes, our, we can like, I guess physically like go, but we could never, our energy could never pass. So it's really connecting to that energy that's just human present and that they're all within us right our cells remember just like you know i think there's a, a book i've been hearing about too the body keeps score bless yeah and that's even kind of like saying the same thing just even based off the title right our cells remember everything they remember um Years and 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 years ago beyond what we even consciously understand now, which is why people get really heavily into things like meditation and uh, reprogramming their mind and and doing these types of uh,
0: things. We talked about it's not always easy to connect, to to really connect bodies. Body, mind, and soul. So, for listeners who are looking to take this New Year's marker as a way to connect to just heal, um, what are some ways that you can share this with listeners?
9: Oh my God, I love this question. Journaling, journaling is bay. I don't, I don't know. I know that sounds like a very big cliche thing, but think about it. When we you know, maybe connecting with a friend via social media platforms or whatever, we're taking the time to really maybe talk about their day, maybe really discuss what's going on in their lives, maybe even process a hard situation with them or just life with them. Imagine if we did that regular, regularly for ourselves. You know, imagine if we did this thing where we checked in constantly with kindness with ourselves. Journaling is a beautiful way to calm the storm of of. Life and maybe even the mind, right? This is a really beautiful way to engage with yourself that provides love. So, a journal prompt that I would maybe say is envision your year going perfectly and maybe write that down what that would feel like what that would look like you know what things do you want to get into this year and then maybe even okay. do a thank you letter to last year what did last year teach you you know that's that's something definitely that i did and it felt amazing and it could be super beneficial oh, for anyone anyone just wants to tap in.
0: oh that's sure. great advice thank you so much for that so to find out more about her work J-U-S underscore A-R-I 97 on Instagram, where you can also find out about her work in peer support, reading, essential movement, and coaching.
1: For our last story of the night, we went to to our archives to replay this story by Kat Jones from the Homelessness series. Damien Damien spent a little over two years on the the streets of Albany after losing a good job and not being able to get another one due to an arrest for an uncommissioned art crime. Well, people call it street art.
10: This is Cat Jones with Hudson Mohawk Magazine, and I'm talking to Damien right now about his experience with homelessness. Tell me how it all started.
11: Well, I was making my boss about $97,000 a month and um, doing sales. Hated every minute of it. And then one week, just lost everything. Because it can happen to anybody at any time. Um, My boss, the owner of the company, flew out from Ohio and um, fired my boss's boss. My boss took my job and laid me off. So I went from making about $1,700 a week to having nothing. Everything in the fucking world can just go to shit like that. And it did. Uh, My friend Levi who was a really quiet, bookworm kind of a dude. I saw him the same time this happened. I saw him last time, eight months before, and uh, still on cloud nine. I was still very, very happy. And um, he wasn't doing so hot. And I gave him a blanket. didn't give him any money. Nothing. I wasn't going to give him any money. I gave him a blanket, and he was hanging out with us in the park. And then him, his body was... 10 days behind the library before they found it. Still wrapped up in that same blanket. And that was the same time that I wound up being homeless. So that was also very interesting. And uh, you realize where your friends are. Who you have and who you can count on. Very quickly. When you end up in those situations. You realize it's always been just you. No one's going to help you. No one's going to save you. When you have nowhere to go. People don't understand how important it is to have a spot just to lay your head.
10: Did you Did you have a spot to lay your head when you were homeless?
11: Oh, of course. Yeah, we. I would uh, have different spots. I, uh, um, my first spot, I think, well, was many spots. Like you're, you're always just trying to find a spot to sleep all the time. So when you can make something or like a shelter or a shanty or something like that, it's golden i would i uh, had a hack blanket and it was pouring rain and a hack blanket is you know the tiny styrofoam made piece of blanket that literally is, you know, it's gonna fall apart in in a day so but i had a hack blanket and then i remember pouring rain jumping a fence behind a church and um i found i, I there's a piece of plywood that i found and i had to make grab the piece of plywood and then jump over the fence and then i made a like a shanty. I made a little, you know, I had a roof and I had a, you know, wall. And, it, you it know, kept me warm at night. You know, put your headphones on and, you know. My biggest thing was uh, I don't do boredom. I, I never, I've never been bored. I, I don't. So even when I was homeless, every time, every night, you know, by my dumpster spot, Like I'd close the door and fuck the world. No, I I have my little phone i have my movies i have my music and i have you know everything's gonna get me to the morning
10: see yeah i i do remember you from that time that you were sleeping on top of on a little futon on top of some dumpsters in a little what would you call that that enclosure that
11: um, a, a shed a dumpster shed i don't know that futon that futon mattress i dragged that futon mattress 12 blocks to get it to there it was probably like 11 30 at night and i just have I'm just walking down the street with this giant futon mattress. In my head, I'm like, ooh, "Ooh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a maybe, I'll sleep good tonight." You know what I mean? But well, everyone bad. else is like, "What the fuck is this guy doing?" You know what I mean, they have no idea what that like. Same as when when they saw me like canning for fucking, you know, change. Like I'm literally heads up. I'm diving into dumpsters trying to find cans because I'm too proud to fly a fly sign. I'm not gonna beg anybody for a fucking dime. Yeah. <laughs> like... No, like, you know how f-ing gross that is? Uh, so, the entire time, like, I'm up to my elbows in old blue cheese dressing and next day's chicken wings, mm-hmm. trying to find five cents to get my next natty daddy. Yeah. Four a day and five Lucy's. And a book a day. Oh, I like the books.
10: I think about you every time somebody says something and I see this every time there's like a a comment section having to do with homeless issues or something. Somebody's always going to pipe up and say, those people aren't homeless. I saw that person with a cell phone and stuff like that. I mean, it's like they think that you're a different, like you're not of this world anymore. If you're homeless, you know, and and it always makes me think of you walking along listening to your music through headphones. It's,
11: it's, um, it's actually, it's, it's, it's ridiculous because the, of, the opportunities that a cell phone even just allows. is a fucking mini PC. So what I would do with the lot of the homeless was they would get like the Obama phone, but then they came. You know, they would have their Obama smartphones and they would find, you know I mean, and then I would be able to give them uh, some movies and some music and we would have, uh, I called it the bum drive-in. Remember I told you about that. The, the the bum drive-in where literally it was like six or seven of us and I'm the guy, who, like, it's a new movie. Like it's, it's almost like bringing someone back some kind of class or respectability where you are part of the world. You can enjoy just as much as everything everybody else has, even if you don't have the opportunities that everybody else has. You know what I mean? I used to bring it there. You know, where, bring where it to the bring p- it? Oh, it was the, 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 the ramp outside the church. This is a uh, 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 handicap access ramp that um Al, Harmonic man, used to always pass out on so I would always try to wake him up before the cops would you know with him but so right there it was Scotty Al um, Danny McDonald and then I would just hook everybody up and all these homeless guys were able to watch it like first hand before anybody else just because of piracy (laughs) Uh, most of the homeless people I know um, a lot of them are just trying to get by a lot of them are trying to find the next thing I don't try not to not be bored. Logically. I mean, the only thing I did not like about being homeless was the disrespect, the instability, and insecurity. Besides that, there's nothing I was free. Every day, people were going on to work, and every day, I would be reading a new book. And as they were complaining about their lives, I was feeding squirrels and watching the sunshine. So,
10: you kind of said already the worst part about it was is the disrespect from other people.
11: Yeah, the um, it's like being a leper. Just the idea of being homeless gives you a stigma, and uh, like I don't tell anyone I was ever homeless.
10: So you were homeless for two years, is that right? A little bit over, yeah. Can you talk about how you found your way off the streets?
11: I don't know. Uh, it it was literally just like the legality part of it. I, mean, I, I had legal issues.
10: So you got arrested and had they they brought you in off the street. Is that is that what happened?
11: That's how they like to see it. Um, but no, they literally the only op- obstacle to my being on the streets was legality. If I had the opportunity to get a job or do anything else to get off the streets because of legality, I would have done it earlier. But I had didn't, so I was just doing odd jobs and you know, doing whatever I could to make it through a week or a day instead of, you know. But once you know, I had to deal with that shit again and got that taken care of, the legal issues, basically just jumping through hoops and doing what I was told, which I don't like
10: that. So you had papers on you that when you lost your job, you couldn't just go out and get another one because you had papers on you. Was this the, um, the uncommissioned art crime papers or, um.
11: Yeah. Yeah. That was, um, yeah. Somebody else was, um, doing some uncommissioned art and, uh, yeah, I caught a lot of charges, all the charges and, um, yeah, was, so I had no thing to do, but. Yeah, you know, rat or run.
10: So you were on the street because of art. <laughs> Welcome to my world, buddy. <laughs> so, so, but but what happened eventually to get you off the street was that they caught up to you. They arrested you because they found you had those papers on you. What right? Got me off,
11: No, that's what got me off the streets as far as into jail. Yeah, that's not the same fucking thing. No, what got me off the streets is me it's being like no i'm i want this mm-hmm. i want a place that's mine i want to be able to buy a book and put it on a shelf instead of you know trying to hide it somewhere having it get stolen later you know what i mean like yeah. buying books people don't understand how buying books can be so important you buy a book and you gotta put it on a shelf it's gotta be part of your home you gotta have a home to have it it's important so i guess i tracked that <laughs>
10: So, so, yeah, so you you scraped yourself together and got off the streets once that legal issue was cleared up. Is that is that right?
11: Yeah, I, I take care of all my legal obligations, and it took a long, long time. And, of course, I was angry about it. I'm so angry about it. I shouldn't have had to do any of that. But what really got me off the streets was determination.
10: How, how long has it been since... You got your apartment since you've been off the
11: street. It's oh, so been over two years now. Two years. It's been over two years, yes. yeah. Wow. Yeah, it's been over two years. Wow.
10: And you've had this job that you're doing now um, for- Over a year.
11: Over a year. Over a year, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I am, I work at State Ed, um, and I give people diplomas. Huh. Nice. Every day.
10: That's, <laughs> that's pretty sweet, man, going from living on the streets to helping people get their diplomas. Do you have any advice um, that it would be important for someone to know if they're newly homeless and they're just, just finding themselves out there on the street? What kind of advice would you have for them?
11: Get warm socks. Watch out for cops. Canned food will be your friend.
10: <laughs>
11: Bring a can opener.
10: What about people that uh, judge people because they are homeless or that they found out they used to be homeless?
11: You're second away from being in the same shoes. I was homeless and it was fucking terrible like I remember going to sleep not knowing if I would wake up but I also went to sleep knowing that no one can ever control me I do what I want and that's always a good feeling
10: is there anything else that anything that I haven't asked you anything that you, else that you want to say
11: don't judge anyone you meet because you never know who's fighting a harder battle
10: alright thank you very much it was good talking with you Damien
0: that story was from our archives from cat jones's homelessness series and as we wrap up our show i just want to acknowledge my co-host jacob boston (laughs) Mm -hmm. who's been with us for a over a year and a dedicated intern is heading off to college so he's currently in person in the studio but Hopefully, we'll have you some remote, but you will be back. You won't leave us completely.
1: Mm-hmm. I'll, make, I'll come back. I could never abandon my people like this.
0: Yeah, it's been so much fun to have you Fridays in the studio, Friday nights, which replays on Monday mornings. And so, we wish you an amazing, amazing time getting to college. How a lot of fun.
1: It's been a good time, you know, coming on Fridays with you, learning a lot, and... To my wonderful fans out there, don't worry, it's not the end. I'll be back soon.
0: <laughs> we'll all be holding our breath. <laughs> <laughs> and shout out to your amazing family who's been super supportive.
1: Yeah. Hey, Mama, I know you're watching right now. <laughs> How's it going?
0: All right, and that's the show. We hope you've enjoyed this episode of Hudson Mohawk Magazine. I'm, C- I'm Sina Bazila Hickey,
1: and I'm Jacob Boston. Our engineer once again is Sina Bazila Hickey. We want to thank all of our volunteers who made today's episode possible. That includes Mark Dunley, Willie Terry, Cal Jones, and yours truly. This program program covers stories of social and environmental justice produced by the community for the community and is supported by independent donations. If you value independent media, consider a gift of a monthly donation as a sanctuary sustainer by going to mediasanctuary.org.
0: We want to hear from you. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Media Sanctuary, or send us an email to hmm at mediasanctuary.org. Tune in weekdays at 7 a.m., 9 a.m., and 6 p.m. to hear local news or stream Sanctuary Radio at mediasanctuary.org. Full episodes and individual stories are available on demand at our website and on your favorite podcast platform. We appreciate you listening. Until next time!